Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage, they're with you every step of the way. They know. They know, and if you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can make sure they do it for you. Rocket can. Also remember, tonight, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, the PBR Monster Energy Team Challenge Championship gets underway as the top riders of the world team up to take on the Monster Pit. See what team will be one step closer to being crowned the inaugural champ only on CBS Sports Network. Big thanks to Barrett Salee, who just joined us on the show. Barrett was fantastic. Coming up in about 40 minutes, we'll talk to Kevin Boylard, uh, CBS Sports NFL writer. We'll talk NFL with him. Obviously, he writes about the NFL. But what Barrett and I were just talking about, I, I don't think – and I got a tweet from somebody. Let me let me read the tweet here. Okay. This is from Moondog. Moondog says, Ken, I am so bleeping sick – you wrote the word – of hearing about players getting paid. It's really simple. They get all kinds of things that other students don't. Hellfire, they get a free education. I'm GD sick and tired of hearing this. All right. When I read that at first, I go, roll my, hold on here. My concern is this. You, as a, as a, as a college football athlete, do you provide a service? Absolutely. What you get in return isn't monetary. It is long term, because hey, let's let's be serious. Moondog, even though boy, there's there's a lot of words I had to skip over here. Moondog makes a couple of points here, folks. Yes, you get a lot of things that other students don't. You get a, you get a base of alumni, who are usually very proud to help out a a former football player for their school, with jobs and with opportunities and. You know, if you if you become one of those great, great former Clemson Tigers and you become one of those great, great former Alabama Crimson Tide players, let's be honest, you should be doing just about okay. Hell, if you win a season tro- or if you win a Heisman trophy over a season, they'll give you a job. Look at Vince Young, look at Troy Smith. I mean, they had jobs that were really nice from the – now, this may change that. I, I will say that. But they had jobs from the University of Texas and Ohio State University. It's just like, listen, just don't mess up. Now, both of them ended up messing up. But, listen, just show up here and don't mess up. And, and, and you'll be part of us because you're a great representative of what our school is because you become one of our heroes. So I do think that there is something we're going, hey, oh, hold on. It's not like you're not getting anything over this. You have a hell of a leg up over what I did. You have a hell of a leg up. Where, where'd you go to school, Pierno? I went to the College of Staten Island, a CUNY school in Staten Island, New York. Okay, I don't even know if they have – do they have football there? We do not have do you, football. Do you, okay, well then, hell. Okay, Hickey goes to Penn State. This is, this is probably a question I should have asked Hickey. I'm sorry. Nothing against the fine folks at the College of Staten Island there, Pierno. I apologize. Who um, are you, Ken? 
I, I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry, okay? I didn't. Re- I thought for a second you might have went to Rutgers or something like that. I apologize. He went to the College of Staten Island. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the College of Staten Island. Go let Dolphins. Me let me use, Go Dolphins. Why, wow, you called the Dolphins up there in New York? I think that would be a real nasty thing with the Jets there, but okay. Anyway, like, Hickey goes, and he'll be in at noon Eastern. He went to Penn State. Now, Hickey, there is there there are people who will help you out since you went to Penn State. That's that's perfectly fine. These are part of the connections that we make. But if you're a big time college football player that went to Penn State, I, I'd be willing to bet like say Saquon Barkley fell out in the NFL, I think Saquon Barkley would be just fine with the network of alum that went to Penn State. Because he gave them a lot of enjoyment to watch their favorite college football team. It's that simple. So you do get something in return, and, and I do caution about this, and it's not where I don't think that you should get something for your troubles. It's not where I don't think you should get something for, for, for putting in hard work and, and effort, knowing that I know you have to train basically now because it's so cutthroat that it's ever been. I know you have to train as if you were a professional athlete, and there are people that, that are trying to get in on you, but there's also things where you have to take it – you have to take it – you have to take care of people who not are trying to take advantage of you. You have to take care of people who have been very giving to you and have maybe paid for your training and maybe have taken care of you. And that's not just family members, obviously, and we've seen that in some cases. So it becomes a convoluted issue. What I warn and what I always warn before this is if you pay the college football player, it's easy for me to sit there and get on the radio and get you to agree with me and go, this is ridiculous, this is servitude, they need to be paid. It's easier for me to do that because you and I pay attention to college football and college basketball and to a lesser extent college baseball and a couple other sports. But if I pay you, they're still going to take it away from somewhere else. I can pay you. I can absolutely pay you. And, and when this is all over and eventually there will be an economic fallout of this in college athletics, there will be a time where, yes, they can afford to pay you. And they've been able to afford to pay you. But if they afford to pay you, then that is going to take away opportunities for other people who are either going to demand payment as well. It's just like any other business. If they find out that they can be streamlined and find a way that they can be streamlined and run better, they will do so. So while I pay attention to college football, and you do, and college basketball and baseball and some wrestling in here and there, I know there's such a thing as Title IX. You're forcing them to act as if that they are a business even more. So you'll start to get rid of sports just like they already are. Because now that if I have to pay that athlete, maybe not the same as what a college football player is, but if I have to pay that athlete, I'm going to get rid of that sport. They make their money. They're in the business of making money, and they are going to continue to make money off of you. So they'll pay you, but they're going to trim the fat so they continue to make the same profit off that athlete. That's as business as business gets. It's the same thing in every business, and college sports is absolutely a business. That's where they have. So now you have to make you have to make this question and you have to ask yourself this. Where is it? Do they have to look at this and say, "One, do I feel bad for my fellow student athlete the way I'm supposed to feel bad for my student, my fellow student athlete? Or two, can I feel bad and I still get my money and I'm sorry you lose an opportunity? Because no matter what where college football and college basketball is, even though we pay attention to it, they still provide opportunities for other student athletes who may not have that opportunity to run track, to do field, to, to throw discs, to do all the other things that they do. And now we're looking at some of the colleges that are going a different way. 
855-2124-CBS. This isn't as simple as pay the players, pay the players, pay the players. And I can't stand it when people make it that simple. The other thing is, hey, Pierno, do me a favor. Yeah. Can we get a round of applause for my for my for my favorite quarterback all of a sudden, Dak Prescott? Let's get a round of applause for Dak Prescott. Let's get a round of applause, America, for Dak Prescott. I want to commend Dak Prescott. I know he's got until Wednesday to sign this sort of thing. Hit it again. I want you to hit it again. Keep it going for Dak, everybody. Let's go, America. Whoop it up for Dak Prescott. Because he played the game and he won the game. Thanks to Patrick Mahomes. Good for you, Dak. Good for you. Nope. Dak is not elite. Dak is franchise. And that's what they're paying him for. That's what they will pay Dak Prescott for. They will still pay Dak Prescott to give them a chance to compete. He's not elite. He's franchise. And there is a difference. And when I saw Patrick Mahomes sign that contract earlier this week, I felt great for my boy Dak Prescott. I felt so wonderful for him because he played the game and he won. Wait until Patrick Mahomes sets the market. Wait until that. That's still going to guarantee you a few more million dollars a season, will it not? Wait until Patrick Mahomes sets that table. Why would you sign? You know, and we all know, well, Dak Prescott might not know because he's a competitor. We all know that Patrick Mahomes is better. We all know that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. We all know that Patrick Mahomes, there were people earlier this week who wanted to make an argument and say that Patrick Mahomes, no matter if he does anything else for the rest of his career, he's already a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to go that far, but he is the best in the NFL. He's a great role model at all that other stuff, and he's able to make that type of money upwards of a half a billion dollars, America. And now I see what Dak Prescott could possibly get from his own contract, and I applaud Dak Prescott. I'm so happy for him because he played the game and he won. Congratulations, Dak. First and foremost, he did the right thing. I had to get that off my chest. Second of all, or third of all in this segment, I think it's time we talk about Patrick Mahomes and talk about this is the first time. This is really the first time in NFL history. I think we've seen this in Major League Baseball. We've absolutely seen it in the NBA. We've had a watershed moment this week. When I throw out the term a half a billion dollars, and I think Mahomes will do it. I I think he will. But with this contract, when I tell you a half a billion dollars He has to. It's a half a billion dollars. You have to win another Super Bowl. It's not a competing thing. It's not you pay to compete. At every other juncture, I've said, you don't pay to to guarantee a championship. You pay to compete. Quarterbacks are paid to compete at a high level every single year and to put those teams in the best position possible. Really, they're paid to make a whole bunch of money because Patrick Mahomes is going to make the Kansas City Chiefs a whole bunch of money. I understand that. But when it comes to our competition, they are paid to compete every single year. Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback. When I throw the term half a billion dollars out, And next to what I say, team-friendly contract. Because so many people were quick to say, well, Ken, it's team-friendly. Hell, in five years, he won't even be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. It's a very team-friendly contract. Okay, even more reason. 
when I give you upwards of $500 million with the escalators and a guaranteed 477 over a period of 10 years, and I can say that this is the richest contract in the history of the league, that you're making upwards of a half a billion dollars. You're making half of what some NFL teams are worth right now. And I can also say in the same breath, team-friendly contract. It ain't about competing anymore. You have bought another trophy. You have to. I think he will. I, I, There's no doubt in my mind he could win another, and he probably will win two more by the time it's all said and done. I don't know if it's going to be what the Patriots are. I don't know what it is. But what the Kansas City Chiefs are telling everybody, and, and we do this with every quarterback, they are more than comfortable with, with paying Patrick Mahomes and letting other guys go and knowing that Patrick Mahomes keeps them competitive. But when you do this and pay him that much money and you tell me two things that usually are the opposite, but if you tell me these things in the same breath, you're telling me you guarantee a Super Bowl now. You have to win a Super Bowl. And I cannot stand thinking about it, and I've defended him at a time, but I have to look at this this way. I think that he could be a Hall of Famer. Not already, but he could be, talking about Patrick Mahomes. But I see another guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Every year... I look at Aaron Rodgers, and I I look at him with reverence. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of the generation. I think he's been fantastic. But there is not a day that goes by that we don't have a conversation where somebody is disappointed because they look at what he's done in his resume. They see the money that he's made. They see the great performances that he's had, the fantasy numbers that he's put up, everything together. And they say, gosh, one Super Bowl, Aaron? That's it? One Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers is a bona fide Hall of Famer. Someday, more than likely, Patrick Mahomes will be a bona fide Hall of Famer. That doesn't mean you can't be disappointed in what they do, especially because a lot of people go $30-plus million, $37 million, whatever it might be, over the course of how many, for, for how much, for Aaron Rodgers, and you've given us one Super Bowl in Green Bay? Winning in, in this generation, people have now expected more. I think championships in basketball and football are as important as they've ever been. The absolute best winning, being at the very at the very top, it means more. We used to say, yeah, we looked at guys like Marino, and they, and they changed the way we look at the NFL. We look at Jim Kelly. These are fathers of the modern quarterback. We're going to hold John Elway in a higher regard. We look at it now, championships have become more than ever. I, and I think it's probably because of a Le- LeBron James factor where we want to argue about LeBron, but LeBron's going to be behind Michael and probably always will be when it comes to championships. And it's a nice, safe argument for a guy like me to make to say that Michael's always going to be over LeBron because Michael won six championships. He's 6-0 and in the finals. LeBron's lost a bunch in the finals. And LeBron's not going to match those championships at what Michael Jordan has. And there's a big-time argument about it, but I think that that's the crux of this. And we look across the NFL – And we see Tom Brady with six, nine appearances, Eli Manning slaying the dragon twice, winning meaning that much, Peyton Manning, who naturally should have been the the better quarterback and should have been the quarterback, the guy of the generation, and was overshadowed by Tom Brady, had to get that second Super Bowl. It changed a lot of the conversation. Two Super Bowl wins, a few appearances, but two Super Bowl wins, four appearances, I believe. Two Super Bowl wins with two different franchises, a hell of a tremendous career by Pe- by Peyton Manning. It had to change that. And I see Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if Green Bay is going to the Super Bowl here over the next couple of years. There has been disappointment that's mounted over Aaron Rodgers. 
because winning now means more than it ever has. And so for Patrick Mahomes, if, if you're telling me, and there's people, whether or not you believe it, that's not the issue. If I use the term half a billion dollars, and language can always be loaded, and gosh, we know that now more than ever. If I throw out the term a half a billion dollars, and in the same sentence I can use team-friendly contract, that's not paying to compete. That's not paying for a big, long career of, of playoff runs and maybe MVP performances and, 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 and great memories, but, man, you just never got back to it. Nope. In this generation, you have to. He is the first player I've seen in the NFL. You can make an argument about other guys, that's fine. He is the first player that I have seen in the NFL that is beholden to another championship, that has to guarantee another Super Bowl before the end of his career. Unless something tragic happens and God, I don't even want to talk about that. He is the next person, the only person that I've ever seen that has signed a contract so rich, that has led this news so much, that has made it look so effortless, even though I know there's a hell of a lot of effort, effort that goes with it. It's not about competing there. It's now about winning. It's now about approaching the greatness of another guy who's about to be on his way out, who's still in the NFL, but about to be on his way out. To be that guy who grabs the torch, who you become the LeBron James to the Michael Jordan in your own right, Mahomes to now Tom Brady. And to reach that level, you got to go back and win. You have to. It's not about competing anymore in a very tough sport that requires many people. When I throw that number out there and I can say team-friendly, you are telling the world you have cleared out another space for another Super Bowl trophy. You have to win it. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Does Mahomes have to win another one? And also, he might be interesting to golf fans, but to regular sports fans, he's just another a-hole golfer. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. All right, we got Kevin Boylard coming on at 11.20 a.m. Eastern, 8.40, or excuse me, 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. I had a bone to pick with you, Pierno. I want, I'm going to get to Richard Myrtle Beach here in a second, all right? Pierno, yeah. did you sell me down a bad river here? Did I sell you down a bad did river? You, did you sell me down a river here? Did you give me something that's bad? Listen, I said I said Barrett Salee joins us on the show, and I called him Barrett Salee. And Chuck, the pigskin preacher, tweeted at me, quote, the great Barrett Sally. Seems like he'd be great at you'd know how to pronounce his name. How I do know. I pronounce Barrett Salee's last name? Is it is it is it Sally or Salee? I've had Barrett on. I've been booking him for the past probably like five years. and Okay. I've always called him Salee and... All the other hosts, as I far as I can remember, they've also called him Sully, so I've never heard him introduced as Barrett Sally. Because I thought, well, first off, he was great, and I want to give him the proper respect. Like I, I you never had him on that. before? I've never had him on. No, I don't believe I've ever had him on before. I don't think I've ever had him on. So it was wonderful to have him on. He was wonderful, and I, at least I, it's it, if I've had him on, it's been years. I'm sorry. And so I didn't, and I've read his stuff and all that other good stuff. I, I just always, because you read a name differently than how it sounds, right? So what is it? Is it Sally or Salee? Like John Sally is S-S, or S-A-L-L-E-Y, right? Like that's John Sally. Yeah. There's an E-E at the end with, with 
Barrett, Sally, or Salee, so it could be taken as, hey, you know, it's Salee. Plus, he talks to a lot of ACC and SEC guys. You know, Southeast pronunciations are different. You know that's different. So I hope I got it right. I mean, Barrett, Barrett's based in Atlanta. So the Southeast, the pronunciation, the dialect might be different. I, I hope I didn't get that totally wrong. It seems to this person I did. What are you doing to me, Pierno? This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Shut up. Oh, Pierno, that's not nice. You don't want to do that to the listeners, do you? Yeah. Uh, somebody just texted me. Okay, somebody with CBS just texted me. You nailed it. The tweeter is an idiot. You got Barrett's name right. Wow. See, idiot, idiot. I just got a tweet from higher up at CBS who just said, this guy's an idiot. You got Barrett's name right. Whew. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, I hope I hope Don't, I don't question me again. I'm not qu- – I'm asking you – well, technically, I did question you. You question me. I do question you. Yes, I do. Don't ever like, do that again. You're, you are smart. You are smart, don't, but I have to continue to ask questions, again. Pierno. Don't. What do you mean, don't, don't, don't well, question not to you. me. Why not question no you? No better. No better than what? I know it all. No, you don't. <laughs> all right. 855-2124-CBS. Do we still have Richard? I'll get to Richard. Do you want me to get to Richard? Yeah, why not? Go to Richard. Richard. Yeah, I was Myrtle excited. Beach, to, South Carolina. I, I was excited to take Richard, and then you know what? You spoiled the whole thing. With your no, you did by questioning me. Right. You did it by questioning me, and you shouldn't yeah, because, have. Pat. Well, you know you deserve by to be questioned. By listening to some okay, idiot, some no, idiot on Twitter, I don't know what they're no, talking you about. You deserve to be questioned, okay? If, if you would have went to, if you would have went to Iona, or, or maybe you would have went to New York University, Richard or something like that, in Myrtle Beach, be, South Carolina, you are up next here on CBS Sports Radio with Ken Harmon. Yeah, I'm going to question you, Richard. Take it away, Richard. Richard in Myrtle Beach. Hello. Hey, listen, I love your show because you get free entertainment while you're on hold and you don't charge for it. Well, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it because I hate its guts right now. Go ahead. (laughs) Anyway, I think Patty Mahomes right now, he's the face of the NFL. Barred any injuries, major injuries, and with Andy Reid and his coaching staff and what they can do, I think he's good for at least three more Super Bowls. Uh, he's just awesome. And every time he plays, he's going to get better and better. And there's no way that Prescott is worth anywhere close to what he is. Oh, no, no, he's not. He just set the he just sets the market higher for Prescott. I, I, as far as dollars and cents, that's all I was rooting for Dak Prescott with, Richard. No, no, Dak Prescott isn't anywhere. Do we lose, Richard? Do we lose him? Okay, no, there I'm he is. here. Yeah, I'm not making an actual comparison between the two quarterbacks. No, sir. No. <laughs> no. They're, they're, so, I appreciate him. He's the best thing happened to the NFL. He might not win as many rings as Brady, but he's going to be an excellent quarterback, and he will end up in the Hall of Fame. See, I, I think that – I, I agree with you. Richard, thank you very much for the call. I agree with you, okay? I, it, I'm not trying to be hot take guy or anything like that, and that's why I had to say at the beginning of that segment. He's, I think he's going to win more, and I think he's going to win another MVP, and, I, and he has what it takes to go down as the best of all time. The things that that guy's done, he's got what it takes. But he brings up an interesting question. Like, I, I do say that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's done the most winning in the modern era. We can argue Montana. We can argue, But when it comes to best overall, and, and talent is a different issue, 
is he the most talented? Yes. Will he be the greatest winner? That That's still to be seen. Because Tom Brady, I don't know if Tom Brady has the physical tools of, of Peyton Manning as a natural quarterback. I don't know if Tom Brady has the physical tools of, of a lot of guys that played in his that played in his era. I don't know if he has that. But I see Patrick Mahomes, he, gosh, he's got it all. And he has, I think he has the strength, the durability, the smarts to have a very long career and to win multiple championships and to be a multiple-time MVP. And he, and from what it looks like, he absolutely will be a Hall of Famer. Not, not, he isn't already, but he absolutely will be a Hall of Famer from what it looks like. And there's a lot of things to like about Patrick Mahomes. The only thing I say, and somebody brought up Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, uh, Alex Rodriguez's contract earlier. Absolutely right. We've seen contracts in baseball and basketball where you've signed this, you must guarantee me a championship now. And I think this is a watershed moment in the NFL's history. Patrick Mahomes signs a contract that's worth a half a billion dollars in its entirety, and they've also said it's a team-friendly contract. If you can use both of those things and be honest about it, and it seems like they are, you must guarantee another championship. Kansas City has paid him. They'll make a ton of money off of him. That's why they pay him. It's a business. But they've paid for another trophy. They're the first team I've ever seen do it. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott will get paid. Certainly not not as much as what Patrick Mahomes will. Dak Prescott will get paid to keep Dallas competitive. Deshaun Watson will be paid to keep Houston competitive, to keep long chances. And you hope over that time that maybe you do win a Super Bowl with, with Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, those guys. You hope. Patrick Mahomes is the only guy I see that, that guarantees it now, that he has to guarantee it now. It's a big difference between the other guys. That's why I'm going to have to hold him to a higher standard because now you are in the NFL's world from Jordan to, or you could maybe say from Kobe to LeBron, you are now Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes. You are in that category. That's what's expected of you. You've got one. You have to guarantee another. And gosh, even by that, by the talent he has, like say he wins another Super Bowl in two years and then he never wins another one again. I wonder what that conversation is. I'd be satisfied. Kansas City Chiefs fans should be satisfied. But I wonder if they they start to wonder across the board, especially if other guys who just aren't as physically talented will win Super Bowls. They will. He won't win every single one of them, but he better win another. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Later on, I got to talk about Bryson DeChambeau because I just I'm not getting it the way some of you golf guys are, and I'll explain why. Also, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line eight five five two one two four two two seven. It's sponsored by Geico. Hey, did you know that right now? Geico's offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. Yeah, that's on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to learn more. Got a tweet here from Jason. Ken, I can't put my finger on it, but I put Aikman up there with any QB ever. If I could start a team today and could have anybody, I'd want Aikman over Brett Favre. Thoughts? Why do I feel this way? Troy Aitman gets, for whatever reason, Troy Aitman gets accused of taking advantage of having good teammates around him, the way any quarterback is supposed to do. I, I don't know. First, he got hit so many times, his brains nearly became pancake batter, for crying out loud. That's not his fault. The other part of it is, is that he had great players around him. What is the matter with taking advantage of a great offensive line and a great wide receiving core and, and one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, one of the greatest running backs of all time? What, what is wrong with that? I don't understand why we do it. 
is he the greatest of all time? No. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. He won three Super Bowls in four years. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. Troy Aitman's a Hall of Famer. And Troy Aitman took less risks than what Brett Favre did. I, I wonder, let me, you know what? Kevin Boyler joins us on the show, CBS Sports NFL writer, at Kevin Boyler on Twitter. Kevin, you ready for a question? Absolutely, Ken. Thanks for having what, me on. To answer. Thank, thank you very much for coming on. I'm going to get to some other stuff. Let me ask you this. Would Brett Favre, if he would have played for those 90s Cowboys teams, would he won more or less Super Bowls with his style of play? Well, Brett Favre only won one Super Bowl, keep that in mind, and lost another one. Uh, I don't know if he would have won more than Troy Aikman. I think Troy Aikman maximized uh, that window that the Dallas Cowboys had, three Super Bowls in four years. I mean, there's really not much more from a dynasty perspective that you could do. Of course, now everything is compared to the New England Patriots retrospectively, but that was kind of almost two dynasties, the early and the later one. Uh, I don't know if there's any quarterback you could have stuck in there that would have won more than Trey Aikman. Uh, all of the pieces were there for them to win during that for a time frame, and he made just enough throws. I, I hear your arguments there. I hear what the fans are saying probably, uh, and he doesn't probably statistically live up to the standards that we would look at today for Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but the guy was a winner. Yeah, I mean, neither would Terry Bradshaw when it comes to t statistics. But, yeah, you win four Super Bowls as a quarterback, you're, you're going to be put in the Hall of Fame. It's the most important position. And you win three Super Bowls as a quarterback, more than likely you're, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's the most important position. Kevin Boyler joins us on the show. All right, I said before I had you on that Patrick Mahomes, when, when you are paying him a half a billion dollars and you say it's a team-friendly contract, I think that this is the first contract I've seen in NFL history that should guarantee another Super Bowl. Am I wrong? Well, there's so many factors out there. I'm not sure if it guarantees another Super Bowl, but I'll tell you what. Having him on the roster for the next 12 years and the way he's looked over the past two years as the Chiefs starter, it's hard to imagine how the Chiefs don't win another Super Bowl during this time frame that they now have Patrick Mahomes locked up for. And you're right. The structure of it is completely unique uh, in the sense that we get that big, eye-popping, half-a-billion-dollar total number. Uh with it also being somewhat team-friendly. I'm really curious as to see if anyone else, any other quarterback or any other star player out there can really negotiate a deal that is similarly structured because I think what Patrick Mahomes has offered is so unique in an, a league MVP and a Super Bowl MVP in two seasons as a starter before the age of 25. See, but that, that's where I think my argument is, is because it's it, it is it's very hard for me to imagine him not winning another Super Bowl. So that's why I look in the future and I say, God, if ten years from now, when Patrick Mahomes is what thirty five, he'd still be he'd still have some years left, probably more than likely. Uh, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, if he only wins one Super Bowl, boy, that'd be a massive disappointment considering how well he started off. I, I think he has to. I think he has to win another one. I think so, too, but another thing you have to factor in is his head coach, Andy Reid, is 62 years old. Will he still be around uh, coaching Patrick Mahomes to the end of his contract? I'm not so sure, and we've seen even before Patrick Mahomes, he, of course, wasn't putting up the same caliber of numbers, but Alex Smith was doing amazing things in Andy Reid's offense. He's always been an offensive mastermind. Uh, if Andy Reid isn't around for the full duration of those 12 years as well, I think that that may hamper Mahomes' ability to win another Super Bowl, but you're right. They should win at least one over the next 12 years. I'm going to take an abrupt right here because I'm glad you brought up Andy Reid. Andy Reid is 62 years old. Uh, we are talking about a different type of year than we've ever seen in our lives. 
Uh, a man in his 60s, and listen, I'm not uh, – I'm chubby. I'm not going to sit there and make uh, – this isn't a joke. Andy Reid is, is a large person. What type of – what type of precautions does Andy Reid have to take as they get set to go out and have a football season in the NFL? I mean, the NFL has to make sure, first of all, that all the players and the coaches are going to be safe. I saw some of the reports yesterday, some of the players speaking out, uh, and we're getting down to it. You know, It's only a couple of weeks now until players are supposed to report for training camp, and if they can't figure this out, I think there's going to be, uh, you know, at-risk individuals around the league who are going to say, this might not be the best idea um, for me to go through with this. So I think it's really important here within the next week uh, for the NFL to kind of hammer out all of the details on, uh, on what they're expecting these coaches and these players to do. And, and yeah, a, a, an older guy like Andy Reid, who is also you know, not in the best physical shape, uh, he would be one who I would be particularly concerned about. Kevin Boyler joining us on the show. When it comes to just getting ready for this type of season, I think Andy Reid is at an advantage. I think that Bill Belichick is at an advantage. I think in Cleveland and New York and maybe even Carolina with a college coach coming in, I think there's a there should be a great concern where you're tackling as a head coach for the first time in offseason. Am I wrong about that? Are there a couple of guys who could surprise me this year as first-year head coaches? Leaving out Ron Rivera because he's been a head coach for a long time. He's just in a different place. There are, I think they're really behind the eight ball this year. Uh, they are in a normal year. The NFL carves out uh, little things where if you have a new head coach, you can report to your rookie mini camps and OTAs a little bit early to get acclimated with your new team. Obviously, this year that hasn't been the case. Uh, they're trying to form these relationships over Zoom all spring and summer, and now they're going to try to hit the ground running if the NFL can get a plan working here. Uh, the NFLPA is on board as well. Um, so I do think those guys that you mentioned are, are, are going to be, you know, really working from behind and going to have to make up some of that curve along the way. Um, but I do like some of the other coaches. I mean, obviously you mentioned Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, guys who have been head coaches in the past but working with a new team. But, uh, you know, sticking in that same division, I like Joe Judge and the New York Giants uh, guy who's got a background with the New England Patriots as well as with Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's won championships on both levels, uh, has a special teams background, uh, is a no-nonsense guy. I-, I think that he could be one of these these new coaches who, you know, really enforces his way early on and, and is able to develop a chemistry and a, and a work culture uh, that is very positive in the early going. Lamar Jackson's 0-2 in the postseason. Is that a real conversation, or is that something guys like me talk about because we don't have a whole lot else to talk about right now? I do think it's a real conversation, especially when he's coming off an NFL MVP year and uh, the way he kind of burst onto the scene in his rookie year halfway through. Um, I think that Lamar Jackson is going to have to win a playoff game this year or else there's going to be some heavy criticism on him. Uh, there already is for the 0-2 these past two years, but if you look at the two years ago, that Chargers defense rolled out something completely unique with the eight defensive backs, countered his speed that way. And then this year against the Tennessee Titans, I mean, there were a couple of throws in the early going of that game that got away from his receivers and ended up getting intercepted. I wouldn't pin those on Lamar. And then he finishes the game personally with over 500 yards of total offense. Uh, 
so I believe set an NFL record. So it, you can't really blame him for the Ravens' loss. They just came out flat as a team. So I do think some of the criticism is is you know not totally all due on his shoulders. But ultimately, if you're the NFL MVP in the face of your franchise, you're going to get blamed if you don't pull through in those moments. So what's the bottom line for Lamar Jackson in 2020? Do you have to make a deep playoff run, an AFC championship game, or do you have to just win one playoff game? I think it depends on what they look like this year. If they are the machine that rips through the entire NFL and resets the NFL rushing mark again, yeah, they're going to have to go on a deep run, potentially a Super Bowl run, to kind of prove that they can be that team in the postseason. However, I don't think that's very likely. I think that the NFL, the rest of the league, will kind of start to catch up and on to what the Ravens have been doing, particularly with their rushing attack, and make Lamar make more throws uh, in tight windows, which I believe he can do if he develops as a passer this offseason. Um, and if that's the case, they you know go into the playoffs as 9-7, and 10-6 wildcard team or something. I think just one win in the playoffs would kind of justify that Lamar Jackson is the competitor uh, that we all think he can be. What does Cam Newton end up doing in New England this year? That's a great question because I don't think it's as a given as it's kind of being made out to be that he's going to be their starter. I really do think that the Patriots are going to give Jarrett Stidham a chance to at least compete for this job. Uh, now, a healthy Cam Newton should absolutely beat Jarrett Stidham 100 times out of 100 in a true quarterback competition, but there's also that factor of just fitting into Bill Belichick's system. And a lot of people want to pin it on Cam Newton's personality and his celebrations. I don't really think that's at all going to be a factor. It's more going to be his execution. Can he be the distributor of the football that Tom Brady was? I really don't think he can do it to that level. But if he can do 75% of the distribution and make up the other 25% with his athleticism, his running ability, things that Tom Brady couldn't do, uh, I think that he'll be you know, just as effective in the Patriots dynasty won't miss a beat. But ultimately it comes down to that catchphrase that the Patriots fans love that Bill Belichick has coined, do your job. Cam Newton needs to do his job, and if he does, he'll be just fine. Kevin Boylard joining us, CBS Sports NFL writer. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin Boylard. What's the next name from – they're changing their name, obviously. What's, what's the new name of the Redskins? What do you want to call them? Well, actually, I've got an interesting take here. I actually think they're going to go through this season nameless. If you look at some of the reports Whoa. that are out there, Ron Rivera says it would be great if they could get a new name before the start of the season. It's been reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter that they're going to keep the color, sch color scheme, however, remove all of the Native American imagery and logos. Uh, so I think we're, what we're going to see is a burgundy and gold Browns-looking team. No logo on the helmet. Uh, no name on the field, just the Washington team, and they'll be burgundy and gold, and then next season we'll get a new name for them. Can I quote that from you on Twitter? Absolutely. Okay, I want to make sure because some people, they get you know they get a little bit sensitive about these type of things. I don't want to upset <laughs> you. That's incredible. That's so my prediction. Wow, a nameless Washington team would be exceptional. Well, because you think about it, if, if Amazon's taking all the stuff down, and all the other ones are taking it down. It's not like, listen, a business is a business, and you know that a business wants to make money. It's not like there's any more collector's items out there, right? So, I mean, yeah, you yeah, could just, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I would rather do it that way than them try to force a name in pretty quickly I, and go too the, quickly on it. Correct. The financial pressure is there that they absolutely can't go forward with the old name. And 
I don't know if they want to try and make a quick decision here within the next couple of weeks on what they're going to be called. And so you might as well play this season out, you know, let cooler heads prevail, and then rename the team next offseason. What a year. Kevin, I, know. I can't I – can't, it's been wild. I can't thank you enough for the time, buddy. Oh, real quick, you know Barrett Salih, right? Uh, tangentially, we work at the same company, but I can't say I've ever met him. It, is it pronounced Sally or Salih? I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I, I see it on Twitter. I think it's Sally, but I'm not sure. Okay. Thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate the time, buddy. <laughs> no problem. Anytime, Ken. All right. That's Kevin saying it's Sally. Now I'm worried. I've read the guy. I've seen him on Twitter. This is the first time I ever talked to him, and you told me it was Salee. And I got other people texting me from CBS saying, Kenny, it's Salee. That guy's worked you into a shoot. It's Salee. Kevin says it's Sally. He doesn't know. He just told you. And you know why? And and badge up on your part as the host. What you don't you know you know he's coming on the show. Why don't you look it up? Listen, this is a half-assed operation. I can't tell you. Uh, clearly, clearly it is. I mean, Lord, if you haven't learned that by now, Pirano, how long have we worked together? I mean, in totality, in totality here. Lord Almighty, I can't be trusted to know those things. Big thanks to Kevin Boiler to join us on the show. In 40 minutes, I'll replay Dr. Gordon Gee with us from West by God, Virginia University yesterday. Coming up next, the top five topic. We'll have the great Hickey in. And folks, from me to you, I need your help. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.